Welcome and standing up in McKinney, this is According to Callus. We've chosen to forego the intro music. We have a special interview for episode 403 on April the 25th, coming to you on Tuesday, the second day of early voting of 2023's municipal election here in McKinney, Texas. I'm bringing to you the story of a man who faced down the McKinney Independent School District Board of Trustees and got a big win from the Texas Education Association. Please listen in on the facts of the case brought to you by Mr. Samuel Hall and his special advocate. And they will tell you all about it if you will just join me. Here it comes. All right, welcome to According to Kels. I have two guests sitting with me, and we're going to talk about what's been going on in the last year or so in McKinney ISD and the school board races. Before we get to that, we're going to let them introduce themselves. Before we do, go ahead. Oh, uh, my name is Samuel Hall, and I'm the founder and president of Patriots for Marriage Militia. I'm Deborah Leva, and I am an uh, educational advocate uh, working with families and um, fighting for their rights um, against school districts. Okay, uh, well, you all know me. I'm the host of According to Callus. I'm Stephen, and uh, we've got them here to talk about uh, what's been going on for roughly the last year in the McKinney ISD uh, and how those things have played out in the situation with uh, violating the citizens' rights. So at or beyond, or I should say on April 26th is when this all started. So I'm going to let them tell their story from there and we'll go forward. Well, uh, what happened, Stephen, is I spoke at a school board meeting and uh, I'd only been to two meetings ever. I've only spoken at one. And I called for the arrest of the McKinney ISD school board in that meeting uh, for distribution of child pornography in our schools. Um, I got one minute to speak. I spoke. I sat back down. Uh, Sometime after that, maybe 20 minutes, I decided uh, on my own accord to leave. I did. And and I left. And actually hung out in the parking lot with some friends and we talked for a little while. Uh, no official spoke to me, no, no officer spoke to me, and then I left. I show up uh, a few weeks later at the next school board meeting, and they meet me in the parking lot with a, a few officers, uh, police officers and, and security team for, for McKinney ISD, and told me, you know, I have three minutes to leave or I'm getting arrested, and uh, they said I'm getting, uh, getting criminally trespassed. Couldn't give me all the great reasons why. And then they asked for how long, and they said forever. <laughs> and uh, and so we've been fighting it. And then uh, Mr. Mr. Uh, oh, what's the former uh, superintendent's name? Mr. Pratt. Yeah, Mr. Pratt uh, approached me at a different meeting, and and said, "I'm talking about the the former uh, superintendent at the time, Rick McDaniel's." Okay, Mr. McDaniel's approached me and said he was going to look into it. And uh, and he completely got their back. So at that time, you know, uh, Deborah Leva, she's a, a patriot and a friend. She approached me and said, "Listen, this isn't right. We're gonna we're gonna help you, you know, fight this deal." And and then I'll let her take over and tell you how she did that. 
Yeah, well, the biggest reason I got involved for se- was several reasons, as Mr. Hall mentioned. He is a, f- a friend. Um, and um, what bothered me the most is that he was there standing up against these pornography, uh, this, these books. And the problem with that is if any one of us as a citizen would be providing any of that material to children, we would be arrested. That's number one. Number two, I think parents have rights and this forever uh, limitation on the criminal trespass warning doesn't even exist because it's a violation of the law that the fullness of the law is maximum two years. So I um, asked Mr. Hall if he you know, needed assistance and that'd be happy to help as a uh, educational advocate, non-attorney. But being administrative law, I'm able to do that and help him with that. So uh, we filed um, and uh, we went through each grievance, level one. They gave, they took the forever away and gave them the two years. Uh, and from the beginning, we kept asking them for records. They kept denying us records. I said, provide us any um, affidavits, state witness statements, whatever it is that you have. They refused to do it uh, until after level two. Level two, after level two, they agreed to give us records. That was very nice of them. Uh, and uh, and they're very represented by their school attorneys. Uh, and then we went to level three, which was an open hearing, uh, which we went to. They called a special meeting to hold that level three. Even at level three, they adapted it a little bit and said that they would review it at the end of the 22-23 school year. By this time, Mr. Hall is still not allowed to attend any function or activities at his child's, uh, his children's school. He missed some of the activities. They did say that he wanted to write a letter and get permission. They would, you know, consider that, but that was about the extent of it. And that still didn't, that still was a violation of his rights in the fact that this criminal trespass warning was issued illegally. Okay, so I assume there's a process for issuing a criminal trespass. In uh, your experience or what you found out, where did they violate the law when they did the criminal trespass? Well, A, they did not provide him with the warning as uh, the Texas Education Code 37105 states that, that, that certain people can, that, you know, you can get ejected or removed or issued this criminal trespassing, but you have to go through a, a series of events. And one of them is a warning. Number one, they had to tell him uh, how to appeal. And he, and, and in video, it adamantly shows him asking, so how do I appeal this? And the officer says, well, I don't know. You'll have, just have to get with the school. Well, that's not what the law says. The law says you need to tell them right there, you know, and they, they, they didn't do that. Um, they used the excuse that the president, Amy Dankel, uh, gave a blanket statement to everybody uh, at the beginning of the meeting. That's not what the law says. Not only that, uh, when Mr. Hall was exiting, he, he made a comment and we, and we, um, we, we mentioned that the comment was made. It's on the video. We weren't going to deny it. Uh, but that he had spoken. He was never ejected. He was never removed. 
And that's what we kept telling them. He was never removed. So why are you giving him? Because the other part of that law also says uh, you have to warn them of, a, of the behavior. And then if they continue the behavior, then you can issue a criminal trespass warning. There was no behavior to be warned of. And even if there was, if the so-called uh, incident of him walking out that had nothing to do with anything, uh, they didn't approach him at the time. A month later, it wasn't even a few weeks because it was the next school board meeting. So they're held monthly. So it was three to four weeks later. And uh, and then they decide they meet him at the um, parking lot and tell him if he didn't leave within three minutes, he's going to be arrested. Which is also a violation of his rights. Yeah, we have it all on video too, Stephen. So they can't deny it. Okay. So they, at this point, they have gone after you because you called for their arrest, essentially, and, and or the comment that you made on the way out the door. Did you want to review that, or are you good with what's already? Well, been it's public record at this right. point. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, it was it wasn't anything horrific. It was he says, "Is this what you guys uh, support? This is bullshit." Now. You know, one of the reasons, the other reasons when I started doing research, I looked up, uh, there was another case where uh, somebody was speaking to the school board and they mentioned the New York Times versus Sullivan. And I says, well, what is this case? And he just laid down the law with them and including how he was going to speak to them. And, you know, whether I support or don't support what he said isn't the issue because the fact is he was upset. And rightfully so. And what made that in that situation, which is on video, very disturbing, is he supposedly, if that is the case, that he, he got this criminal trespass warning, um, which it isn't, uh, he already had left. He walked out the door. He walked to his car after he chatted with a few friends, as he said, and then went home. While he was walking out, there was a group of people, and it's, it's in the video, uh, a handful of people, which they referred to as the blue shirts. Oh yes, for, yeah. you know, and uh, and they were sitting there mocking him and laughing and waving to him. And I said, "Where was their criminal trespass warning?" You know, if her supposed uh, warning, blanket warning at the beginning of the um, school board meeting was the all-in-all warning, which is a violation of the law. Anyway. Uh, Excuse me, then where's everybody else's warning? Or where's everybody else's criminal trespass? Well, it has been my personal observation that any and all warnings or declaratory statements are arbitrarily enforced, depending on who's speaking and what they're saying. Uh, for instance, many times she has warned that you cannot go after an individual and you can't mention either a member of the board or a staff member by name, but that has not stopped multiple individuals from going after either Chad Green directly Absolutely. or um, calling names or being derogatory. And to my knowledge, uh, Mr. Jonathan Steele or Mark Riggs has never been called out for that. And so far as the mayor, George Fuller, he's gone multiple times and verbally attacked Chad Green by name and never even got a warning to stop doing that. But somebody else that followed danced close to the line and 
was basically interrupted. So again, it's very arbitrary. And to me, that's the number one problem that we have in the school district. I don't agree with the rule in the first place. I, I think that they work for us and not the other way around. Absolutely. And well, I understand their argument for a one minute time limit, which again, I think is patently unfair, but if that's the case, if you're going to have rules that have to be followed and everybody has to have the same rules. So that's, you know, my biggest concern. So then from my understanding is basically you showed up one meeting, you uttered something that upset them, you left, no incident, you come back the following month and basically armed people show up and tell you, you must leave in three minutes or you're going to jail. So you of course comply and out of all of that, you're kicked out forever. Meanwhile, the mayor shows up and gets to say whatever he wants. Mark Riggs and uh, Jonathan Steele get to go up and disparage Chad Green by name at the microphone. Not a word is done to stop that. So I, I'm, this dichotomy of enforcement is a huge, huge problem. So then now you've taken this up. You've gone through your level three. Then what happens after that? We filed an appeal with uh, the Texas Education Agency, uh, and uh, we went through various motions. Uh, they attempted to file a motion to dismiss. Uh, Can I... Go ahead. What was their reason for dismissal? Well, ironically, one of the reasons was uh, they used case law, and um, one of the cases they used was in reference to a former employee who uh, was asked to leave because he found a, um, he was found to have pornography on his computer. I said, well, that has nothing to do with Mr. Hall. Mr. Hall is not an employee. Uh, and ironically, he's fighting the pornographic stuff. So it has nothing to do with it. They were just trying to use case law, and I, uh, as as a, also a paralegal, I I just tore that those things apart and try to focus on the case at hand, and so that was one of them. So it, he he gave me an opportunity to replead the case uh, to make sure that everything was covered that she complained that I did not have, which I didn't believe, but I went ahead and complied replayed the the thing and got more specifics in there about what actually has happened with Mr. All and and all the grievance process. We uh, had an oral argument on uh, March 6th and over the phone and uh, March 6th of this year this year. So almost a year later. So 10 months later you finally get a chance to be heard. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Uh, in the meantime, I'm missing all my kids' all, school events. Exactly. I can't. I can't pick them up from school. I can't drop them off from school. You missed I can't the concert. Go to the, uh, my son's orchestra concerts, and so you know, all this time, I can't be a part of any of my kids' school activities, which was hard for myself, my kids, and my family. Go ahead, Deborah. No, no, I, I totally agree with that, and that was one of the that was part of the pleadings that is, is that we mentioned, and uh, so we get to March six, and. Um, I gave my my argument, and then uh, Rebecca Bradley was the school attorney uh, from Abernathy, whatever the law firm is. Roder, Boyd, and Hewitt. There you go, that one. Uh, so, um, and she shows up, and, and she says, well, 
you know, she was complaining that I had submitted additional documents and I didn't say anything. Uh, and I said, and then it was her opportunity to give her argument. And the hearing officer asked her why she didn't file a brief. And she asked, uh, she said, well, I was waiting for the motion to dismiss, almost as a, in an arrogant way, assuming that it was just automatically going to be rubber stamped and she was going to get it. He said, he said, well, you still have to file the motion. She, um, she then said, well, I can get a continuance and file it tomorrow. And he says, we're here now, motion denied. He says, let's move on. And so she gave her, uh, she gave her argument, whatever it, it was. Nothing went well for her because in the sense, she kept saying, I didn't submit certain documents. And the hearing officer gave the specific dates. Well, did you not? He, she even said that I didn't provide a brief. He says, did you not receive the document on March 6th? And actually, it was March 22nd that our oral argument it was March 6th. We gave our briefs. We handed, we had turned in our briefs. Uh, and he, she asked, he asked her, did you not receive it? And she said, yes, I did. And then she asked for another document. And he says, well, did you not receive it on this date? And then, yes, she did. And so that was my opportunity to come in and assume that she was talking about the affidavit that Chad Green had written on behalf of Mr. Hall. And I says, if she's referencing the affidavit, everything that he says in the affidavit as part of the brief is mentioned throughout you know, the record as well as the level three hearing, which was public also. And he let that go. And um, two days later, they called Mr. Hall and uh, said that they were rescinding the um, criminal trespass warning. We didn't really respond. He he just spoke to them briefly. I mean, if you want to say what happened there. Oh, no. Is the, the director of safety and security for McKinney ISD uh, gave me a call, said that the superintendent uh, instructed him to call me to let me know that the uh, criminal trespass warning is being rescinded. I said, well, that didn't work out too well. And uh, I said, go ahead and email that to me. And I let him go. And he called me back about 30 minutes later. <laughs> he said, I think there might be some confusion rescinded means that we're taking it away you, you can go to your kids schools now and i said sir i'm not a dumb redneck i know what that word rescinded means he said well you said it didn't work out too well so i just thought maybe there was some confusion i said no sir i said it didn't work too out too well for for you <laughs> i said it it worked out just fine for me but thank you again and have a good weekend and that's what i said go ahead. yeah we really we really didn't want to go into conversation because I pretty much assumed why they were doing this because their oral argument didn't go too well for them. And, and sure enough, on April 14th, we get uh, a motion uh, to dismiss again uh, based on mootness this time because they figured if they rescinded it, then there's no longer an issue. And I quickly replied, I, did, I was on my way out the door to a meeting but I didn't want the hearing, the hearing officer to give a, an order. So I quickly sent an email and I said, I will be responding. Uh, that was on a Friday. That Monday, I still hadn't sent something. Uh, I was working on sending a response. Tuesday, we get the order uh, that you've we've uh, provided to you in regards to stating that they were in violation of Mr. Hall's rights. The... Um, 
they were keeping withholding him. First of all, ejecting him, which they really didn't inject him. They just provided the criminal trespass. So they ejected him from the property after the fact, forever, initially. And then, uh, and then they said that, you know, he, he should be able to attend school board meetings. It's a parent's rights under Chapter 26. And, uh, and especially since uh, this criminal trespass warning was invalid, that they absolutely violated his rights under Chapter 26. Okay. So the TEA, which is Texas uh, Education Association, has ha- had to come in and basically overrule what McKinney ISD has done. Correct. Because they violated your rights, they violated the law, and their attorney apparently didn't seem to be the slightest bit concerned about that, being based upon your own statements that she seemed ill-prepared to pr- put forth a case which makes me wonder what we're paying for. Exactly. But secondarily, so now that all this has been done, what is the recourse that Mr. Hall is going to have as far as having to lose out on essentially a school year's worth of activities because of uh, arbitrary, abusive behavior on the part of the school board? We are... we. We are discussing that with a legal counsel because at this point, as a non-attorney, I can only go through the administrative process, and I've, I've shared that with Mr. Hall along the way. Uh, so we are looking, uh, you know, into, we, we have been discussing with legal counsel on what next. Okay. Uh, because we don't feel that, you know, they might have rescinded it even before the order came out. But that didn't take away, not just from him, but his family, his wife, his children, you know, and, and even all the other parents who got their, uh, who got the criminal trespass warning, because there were others, and not just in McKinney, but it's, 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 a, it's a, a big problem. And whether they're getting kicked out, whether they're being, you know, their microphones are being turned off, or whether they're being limited, you know, I mean, I understand the limited to an extent if you've got a bunch of people showing up. But, you know, these are still the parents' rights and they should not be violated. And then when you do this and you go that extra mile just to make a point and make, and make someone like Mr. Hall, the poster child of you do as I say, you know, uh, no, that's not acceptable. He has rights. And, uh, and the school district doesn't get, as you said earlier, you know, we pay them. We, we elect them. And that's why... School board elections are so important. You know, Stephen, I think that this is a a really great example of what parents can do when we don't lay down, when we don't accept being bullied and intimidated. I think that uh, they they definitely messed with the wrong parent. Uh, They thought that maybe they could mess with uh, a guy that is, is... is an activist as well as you know Deborah is and and uh you know the the big answer there is absolutely not uh we will stand up you know and I'm what I'm wanting is this to be an example to other parents who've been bullied who've been intimidated who've been called domestic terrorists by the DOJ who are only trying to go to their school board meetings and stand up for their children I hope this win is an encouragement to them that you don't have to accept 
the school board's decisions when they criminally trespass you, when they break the law, when they tell you that you can't use your First Amendment rights. And I'm so thankful that Deborah Leva stepped in and really, uh, really helped, uh, was a fundamental uh, pillar, a cornerstone in helping get this case where it is uh, today. And I think if anybody, if any parent has experienced the same uh, issue the same intimidation, the same bullying. I think they should reach out to Deborah Leva because she's the one that really helped put this whole win together. We give all glory to God, but uh, we have to give credit where credit is due. And Deborah Leva is the one that was on the front lines fighting this uh, with me and for all parents that listen, you don't have to lay down. You can stand up and fight for what's right and you can win. I do want to put a, a caveat to this in that that this is a proposal, the, the way the system works, this is a proposal decision, which then goes to Commissioner Morath. Uh, but as most school district uh, things are done, usually things at that point are rubber stamped. But I can't speak for Mr. Morath and I can't speak for what's going to happen. But the bottom line is this is the hearing officer who heard the case who read the file, who did everything, and, and, and more so, the facts are in black and white. You know, whether it's in written form, audio, video, it's all there. So uh, the bottom line is Mr. Hall's rights were violated, and I, you know, I congratulate and I thank very much uh, Hearing Officer um, uh, Christopher Masca, I don't probably chopped his name up, but, uh, you know, I mean, they have a job too. And as an advocate of almost 30 years fighting school districts with TEA, you know, um, you don't always get favorable decisions when it comes to the TEA level because it's just one big bureaucracy. And, uh, and parents aren't the, always the winners, so to speak. And if they are, it's usually settled before it ever gets to that level. So, so this is a big win for for voices, for parents to be able to stand up and realize there are resources out there, there are rights. I highly, highly encourage, and this is what I've been telling everybody, um, that if you're a parent, grandparent, interested citizen, you have to at least a, read the student code of conduct. B, know what your rights are under Chapter 26. That's the parental rights under the Texas Education Code. At the bare minimum, just just read that. Glance through it. And if you don't understand it all, read it again until you get it. And at least know the basics, foundations of what your rights are. We have, we have been the sleeping giant for too long as families, as, as Christians, as moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, you know, and uh, it's, we just have to be informed. We have to stay informed. Uh, Information is power, you know, knowledge is power. So I got to say, I was really quite surprised pleasantly that the TEA found in favor of y'all and uh, the fact that it's still not done, uh, but it's unlikely to be undone, if you will, uh, is really encouraging to me as a you know we're all activists in our own way right correct and i am stunned 
sometimes at the arrogance that drips from people that, you know, in fairness, they, they take a job and it's not a easy task to, to do that for which they don't get paid, but to act as if there are overlords and then we have to, you know, bow to their every whim is distressing. I mean, I understand it. Um, you know, if, if you were going down to Austin or you going to DC where you might kind of think highly of yourself, but we're talking about a school board yeah. and they're supposed to be in the community and of the community. And when they're so dismissive and I've seen that firsthand multiple times, I, I just don't understand how that's tolerated by we, the people. And then for the TEA to have to step in and make something right, that just seems so blatantly obvious. And you're talking about the code of conduct and, and their rights under the education code. It would seem to me that, uh, one, it'd be useful if the elected members had to, you know, swear an oath to actually follow that. And, and I'm certain that there's probably something already in place. Yes. <laughs> so if that's the case, when they violate that oath, now they're in arrears of their own requirements and they should be subject, in my opinion, to some causal action. I, I don't know what that would be, but when you give somebody authority and power and they abuse it, there has to be a cost for them long term, and it's good to hear that even the Texas or the Texas Education Association can see that and is apparently reviewing that right now. Correct. Whatever the outcome may be, uh, just the fact that they're even reviewing it and considering it, I think, is a bright light on the situation. Okay, is, it, is there anything else you wanted to add over and above that or anything you're hoping to, to get out of the resolution? Well, accountability. You know, uh, that's what, you know, accountability and encouragement, you know, for other parents. But accountability to the school board and, and to make an example that, uh, you know, we, we will not lay down and, and we will not be intimidated. We will stand up for our children. I'd like to... To lastly add, you know, and, and then I'll pass it back on uh, over to Mrs. Leva, is we need to get school board members in place like Chad Green. You know, we have we have conservative people running right now. I can't officially endorse anybody because I'm a 508C1, but I can tell you who I, I like is Rachel Elliott. I like Jim Westerhide. And, uh, and the president uh, of the school board, uh, well, she's being ran against as well. And what's uh, who's running against her? Brittany Henderson. Brittany Hendrickson. Brittany Hendrickson. So Jim Westerheide, Rachel Elliott, Brittany Hendrickson. You know, listen, if you've got to get out and vote, go vote. Because that's the only way we're going to change this. Chad Green is the lone conservative yes, on that yes. school board. And he has been persecuted, censured. And uh, some of the things that most people don't know uh, on some of the persecution levels that he's in, had to endure just for doing the right thing. That man needs help. He is a warrior. He's a patriot. He's a conservative. And he's a Christian man of God. And he's fighting this fight on that school board by himself. We need to get people elected to help him help our children, help our community. And I think that Rachel Elliott, Jim Westerhide, and, and Brittany Hendrickson uh, guys, I think they would really be a great candidate for that, although I can't officially endorse them. One thing I, I will say, you mentioned attorneys um, that we pay as as citizens and taxpayers. Uh, not only did they have Rebecca Bradley, they also had another gentleman from her firm, and they had, an, I believe, another law firm 
who represented them, who did all the uh, argument for the level three grievance. So we're talking at least three attorneys that they're paying for in this one case. I have not done an open records act, which uh, we hope to do to find out because I'm always curious because I've done open records acts on different cases before just to see how much they're paying and yet complaining and at the same time violating or abusing their authority and their, and violating parents' rights. So, uh, so yes, I, 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 I'm with you. I'm, I'm pleasantly pleased. And, uh, and as Mr. Hall said, I do give God all the glory because without him, I couldn't do anything. So and special shout out to Deborah Levo. I can't tell you enough, uh, just how this, this wouldn't be possible. Number one, without God. Yes. Uh, we always give God all the, the glory and praise, but none of this would be possible without Deborah Leva and her selfless actions, uh, getting involved, spending, I don't know how many hours, uh, you know, helping fight this over the course of the past year. Or so if any parents, uh, are in a similar situation, listen, Deborah Leva, that is, she's a warrior. She will help you. She will fight. And, uh, you know, you can win. That's the key. Don't give up. Very good. Okay. So one, one final uh, question. Wrap it up. The TE is found against McKinney ISD. It's going to a commissioner. What is a possible outcome on behalf of the commissioner that he could, what's an action that he could take? Well, what he's uh, actually asking him to do is uh, his recommendation to the commissioner uh, is, is after due consideration of the record, matters officially noticed and the foregoing findings of fact and conclusion of law, in my capacity as administrative law judge, it is hereby recommended that the Commissioner of Education adopt the foregoing findings of fact and conclusions of law and enter an order consistent therewith. Okay, very good. Sounds like a very positive outcome and looking forward to the official statement. Yes. And um, my understanding is you guys are going to be doing a press conference related to this on Tuesday? Yes, sir. Okay, well, I will make this live Tuesday afternoon so that Perfect. your press conference will go out first. Okay? Sounds good. Thank you all for your time. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Callis. You bet. Thank you for joining me for that interview. I hope you found it educational and informative. Normally, I try and be a little lighthearted, a little fun over the course of uh, all of my episodes. And I found that in this specific instance, uh, we were going to negate the opening music. And in closing, I'll just remind you, you can help me help you guys out there get the word out, build the audience, right? Like, share, and subscribe to the program. And if you're feeling particularly helpful, you can rate and review this program. For the time being, for just a little while longer, I'm going to stick with Podbean. You can join me there. I am on the social medias at According to Callus on both Gab and Facebook. And I even have a telegram, <coughs> telegram channel. So I encourage you, come and join me. We will continue to fight the good fight and 
(laughs) As they say, it only took 12 men to change the world. And with that, I will see you on the other side.